Boo. Welcome back to Detroit Strange. Ah, I'm scared. You said you were scared, so I said boo. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's a podcast that you're listening to. And it's the start of spooky season, which I love has moved up because if Christmas starts in like August, then like. If CVS has the nerve to go all the audacity to put out their Halloween stuff, I will start spooky season right here, right now. It's it's popping up. I know Dollar Tree's got theirs from what I've seen on the interwebs. I'm not mad. This is the only one I'm not mad about. Like when they're putting school stuff out in June. Yeah. Not a fan. That's depressing. Right. Like the kids Halloween just got out. Right. Let's it's just like, do Halloween oh, yeah. There is something great coming up. Right. And it's fall. It's spooky season. It's crock pot season. It's dip season. And pumpkin. I mean, we pumpkin. have to. It is pumpkin yeah. season. And you know what? I don't I don't even care anymore. Oh, I love a good pumpkin thing. Uh, yeah, because it's delicious. Yeah. And you know what? Actual pumpkin's really good for you. I believe it. There's a lot of benefits. I feel like it's good for circulation, but I could be making that up. I believe it. Not a healthcare expert. Not a healthcare podcast. No, no. Or a nutritionist. Please do not take any medical advice given you the show. Just trying to do like. Oh, no, the fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Side effects may include nausea, upset stomach, upset stomach, diarrhea. Discontinue taking pumpkin if you are allergic to pumpkin. That's always my favorite one in those commercials because I'm like, how do you, you don't know if you're allergic, you don't know if you're allergic. If you're taking it. If you're, what? Yeah. <laughs> side effects may include death. Like, oh, that's always yeah. a good one. Mm-hmm. Like, a fun side effect of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Fancy medications sound terrifying because of, like those commercials, they don't make me want them. They make me go, but. Or like a magazine ad, but it's like two full pages for a drug. And then like at the bottom, it's just like a like entire novel worth of fine print text. Yeah. Or like the backside. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The entire backside <laughs> yeah. is just like black and white ink page. Yep. And you're like, all right. I mean, like if you're prescribed something, you know, take it. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Like, consult your physician. Consult your physician before taking pumpkin. <laughs> Everybody, please. This is the message we're trying to spread. Yes. And when your doctor's like, why are you wasting my time during a pandemic asking about pumpkin? Just eat it. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No pumpkin for me yet. But I did go camping this weekend. I have been drinking pumpkin beverages at home. Yeah. What kind? Like the hot? Just like coffee, cold or hot coffees. Okay. Um, I haven't made my own pumpkin stuff yet. I do have the makings for it. So that's on the horizon, but I'm kind of waiting for it to like kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Be a little bit more full. I, um, I did not go camping this weekend, but I did have a coffee with some pumpkin stuff in it. Yes. I drank everything but pumpkin this weekend. I feel like. Okay. That's I drink a lot, a lot of, of Trulies, a lot of Truly teas, teas, a lot of Truly punches. Because uh, we had like me and Jen have like the same small cooler, and so I'm like obviously the big one's hers. I don't have that kind, but then I took the small cooler and as as I drive home, like ooh, I think there's some Trulies left in there. There weren't. No, it was Jen's hammocks and water bottle. I like that she keeps the hammock in the cooler. We just needed space. We got very <laughs> efficient about packing because like getting there, we almost did not have enough room. Okay, wow. Yeah. So we took my car. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And it's a it's a Malibu. You know what? Which though, I say a Malibu could fit a lot though. You, I was gonna say you can fit a lot in the um trunk of a sedan. Oh yeah. Like an unexpected amount. Like when I moved to California, I took a Ford Fusion. Everything I owned fit in my Ford Fusion. Oh yeah. Yeah, because her ass was big. Right. She can fit a lot of junk in there. Yeah, she it, got plenty of room for junk in that trunk. I did pack very strategically. There was literally a shoe shoved into every crevasse. Yes. <laughs> but it did fit a lot of stuff. Good. Even a desk. Damn. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those Ikea desks where like the legs screw off. So it's really just like a flat piece and like yeah. four legs. Uh, still have that desk today, though. Oh, yeah. Had it over a decade because why change? Just put some new contact paper on it. Then it's a new desk. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You got to make things look new. Yeah. Spice it up. Could I have rebought it for $45? Probably. Did I? Have I ever? No. You don't have to. If I you just keep it in good condition. Yeah. The country. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I built furniture today. I built a bench. I love that. I think, again, I, I said this to you, but a bench with any kind of um, storage is a great addition to any home. It really, you know, I'm loving it, especially because like where it was was just a stack of board games that I had nowhere to put. And now I have a place to put all these board games. Yeah, you do have a lot of board games. I really do. I need to do like a purge because half of them are like leftover, like garage sale leftover family games. Like my aunt and uncle are moving. We're like, yeah, like board games, don't Uh you? And like some of them slap. Some of them I've never played. It's funny because I have a lot of board games that aren't mine that a friend left at my house four years ago. And we even at one point went up north with a group of people, brought the games. He was there. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, look, your games, expecting like he would take his games home. And he didn't. Uh-huh. So at this point, I've just decided they're mine. And some of them are pretty nice. Like like one of them's, um, well, appropriately enough, Pandemic. Perfect. It's a fun one. I haven't played it mm-hmm. since the pandemic happened because it just feels a little too on the nose. But yeah, well, and it's definitely like not a small. It's better with like more people. Yeah. You have to like, you know, work together or whatever. Yeah. We were going to play Mysterium this weekend and I was like, we have to wait for Jess. So next time we have to play Mysterium because I feel like you would I, love it. Have you played it yet? No. It's like I literally probably play games with you the most. So. Yes. <laughs> It's so fun, though, because one person plays a ghost and the rest of the team plays spirit mediums. Love it. Oh, you've told me about this. Yeah. yeah. And the ghost has to like try and communicate visions to guess like who the murderer was, who the weapon was and who the where the location was. Okay, like, we're playing soon. Yes. You want to so be part of fun. our Mysterium party? Let us know. Yes. Yeah, slide into them DMs. <laughs> I did have like a, t- a few years ago where every Sunday I would have my improv troupe over uh-huh. and we would play board games. That's and so then it fun. developed into Dungeons and Dragons, which not upset about that. Yeah. Wish I was in a campaign right now. Uh, totally miss playing that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are there any board games you're like, ugh, no, thank you. Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, I can't think of one, but I'm sure there is one, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm probably a little terrified of a Ouija board. Fair. I no longer own one. Oh, you don't? I thought you had one in your trunk for a while. I had one. My roommate didn't want me bringing it in the house. So Uh it was in my trunk for a really long time. And then it might actually be with my parents now again. Because it was theirs originally from the 70s. I don't recall exactly what ended up happening of it. But it was... I was like, well, I don't want to just keep it in my trunk. And like... I don't know. I was... I'm always getting rid of stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I regret it. So, but also I've never used it and I don't, I think that's yeah. okay. I, I have mixed feelings on them. Yeah. So. I've never really played with any either. I've never really had the opportunity either. You played? Yeah. That's yeah. fun. But I had like, it was like with neighborhood kids and stuff and they were all older than me. Uh-huh. So I really cannot tell you what my experiences were. And I don't remember if we contacted, but I do know as a child, yes, we had, we had a spirit friend named Mariah. It was the ghost of a little girl who would come around and send us on missions, um, often involving us going through the woods. And a lot of times it'd be like through like weird swampy areas and we'd have to figure out how to like use boards to like get from like one spot to another. Uh-huh. Um, one time I because of a Mariah mission, I did fall through the ice. Oh, no. Into a small little swamp um, pond, I guess. Uh, my friends had to bring me back on a sled. Oh, no. And I had to take a very hot bath. Uh, I think I also, wow, this is a lot. I think I also had to try dog treats. <laughs> Again, youngest of the group would do whatever the older kids yeah i know how that goes wanted me to do we they were the ketchup sisters and i was only a mustard sister i had Uh to work up to being a ketchup sister and this might have all transpired because of ouija born but i don't know the details are a little hazy (laughs) yeah i was very when i say young i mean like we're talking like i was like 
seven or eight probably. Yeah. So I don't know at this point in time. So that's pretty much my experience. I think when I got into like middle school, there were probably a few slumber parties with like middle school friends, not the neighborhood yeah. kids, but yeah. Um, so I have played with one. The planchette, in fact, I know is broken. Uh, not unusable broken, but I know the little plastic piece, the window was missing. And I think like there was like a little, you know, um, felt pad underneath on one of the legs also missing. So like I used it enough to remember that part for yeah. some reason. But yeah. I remember I've never played with a Ouija board, but for some reason I did some Microsoft Paint Photoshop, everyone's favorite, yes. where I put a planchette on Kate Planchette. And I made her Kate Planchette. Cute. Yeah. Appropriate. Yes. It had to be done. I mean, we stand a Kate Planchette on this yeah. show. And also you have a fancy wine. Yeah. So um, this weekend, another Jess, Sister Jess, we call her, because Jen's sister. Oh, okay. Okay. There's so many. There's so many Jesses. <laughs> That's why you all have, like, your podcast, Jess. Uh, so sister Jess brought a bottle of wine from Spicers, which I had never heard of, but you were like Spicers work. I enjoy Spicers. It's good wine. I'd like, you know, I'm loving it. So thank you, sister Jess. I don't know if you listen, but if you do, you're getting a shout out. So hopefully you do. Yes. No, I love Spicers. They do like a corn maze. I used to go to. I love a corn maze. Uh, I don't know that I've ever bought their wine, but I have done their wine tastings because they have wine tastings. Ooh. We'll go back. We'll go to a corn maze and then buy more wine. Yeah. Fall activities. Mm -hmm. I am excited that it's almost fall, but then like I walk outside and I'm like, oh, wait, it's hot. <laughs> right. You walk outside, it's like fucking 92 with 80% humidity. You're just like, I'd rather die, actually. Yeah. And just go yeah. and right back inside. Yeah. So I'm ready, Freddy. Ready, ready, Freddy for fall. I'm ready for Freddy. And Jason and the other scaries. Yes. All the others, all the other spooky scaries. <laughs> yeah. But. I'm also ready. Are you ready for a story? Yes. Okay. Uh, like I mentioned, it's food related. Yum. Any guesses? Because I know you said you have one, a good idea of it now. Uh, is it triangular? Not no, this kind. Some, it's a square. It is. Okay. Is it's it pizza? It is. It's yes. Detroit style pizza. I had like multiple times. I feel like it came up like while I was in New Mexico of like, what's Detroit style pizza? So yeah. I'm like, you know what? I have to get the hard hitting details. Mm -hmm. I have to do an episode. See, I looked it up once, but it's been so long. I'm like very curious to see <laughs> what I think is accurate. So I'm yes. excited to hear about this. Yeah. Yes. I like I did a lot of digging and there's a lot more than I thought there was going to be. Like I'm like, it's going to be a shorter episode. But then I wrote five pages of notes. So oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that is what dinner is going to be as well tonight. Yay. But you got to ask, what is your favorite Detroit style? Like place? Yeah. Ooh, gosh. Well, okay. Michigan and Trumbull and Corktown has really raised the bar on it. There's is delicious, but it's a, a you know, it's a little more niche because it's yeah. like small, whatever. Yeah. Uh, if we're ordering, if it's like carry out style or whatever, Jets all the way. Love Jets. 100% for sure. Um, I, I think those are my answers actually is either Jets or Michigan and Trumbull. I don't dislike other ones necessarily. They're just not your go-tos. Yeah. I would say top. Yeah. Those two do. Mm -hmm. um, What's I, yours? I love Jets. Jets yeah. is kind of my number one. I do like Papa Romano's too. Okay. I don't like it's, it's Detroit style. It's got, it's the square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They don't really advertise it as Detroit style, but like I do love a Papa Romano's. I love mm -hmm. a Jets. Mm -hmm. Buddies is fine. I like yeah. it, but it's not my like my favorite. I I think if you grew up eating buddies, I think this is the big discerning yeah. thing. If you grew up eating buddies, I think there's a this like classic, oh, it's buddies feeling. I like buddies. I will never be the one to suggest or go out of my way for buddies. Yeah. Uh it's just I didn't really grow up eating it. Me neither. So it was never like my main thing. It's good. Yeah. It's definitely not my favorite. Same. I like it, but it's not. Yeah. I would also have it. No, that's a lie. I had it like a month ago. So it was at oh, the I rehearsal dinner. A long time. It was good. Yeah, it's good. It's I mean, I need to try to stop pizza. Mm -hmm. It's good pizza, really. Mm -hmm. It was a month ago. Unless it's meeting. the Pizza Hut shit. 
Yeah. Well, I don't trust them. I, you know what though? A personal pan from target in the pizza hut section. Well, that's one story, but like pizza hut to Detroit style. Yeah. Well, personal pan is close, but yeah, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. Uh, I will say Detroit style too. Like outside of Detroit doesn't match up. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have to order Domino's deep dish in LA. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like to get close. Oh God. There was a Detroit style pizza place, but I never made it there because it was kind of far and like mm-hmm. out of the way. And I heard it wasn't that great. So yeah. yeah. It's like it's really taken off recently. Yeah. I think there's been like a lot of like food coverage on it. And there's that like pizza guy from like the sports website who can he does a pizza series and he was in Detroit and did like all the pizza ratings. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Is Mike maybe that sounds right? Mike sounds right. Pizza Mike. Barstool Sports. Oh, yeah. I went down a YouTube hole one day and did watch all of his pizza recommendations. (laughs) That is where Jenna Marbles came from, so we can't hate them too much. Okay. I think. I know she used to work for Barstool Sports. Okay. But I'm just going to define Detroit style pizza real quick because I kind of, if anyone listening, because we do have listeners that don't live in the metro Detroit area. As our analytics have showed us, because mm-hmm. we were just looking at this today. Mm-hmm. Hello, people all over the world. Mm-hmm. We are a global podcast. Yes. I think. And and hello, space. Hello, because space. Clearly. Jeff Bezos, you in space <laughs> listening to us? Hashtag slide in those DMs. Give us a sponsor, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did see an ad recently for a $69 rocket shaped like a penis that was the Blue Origin one. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Sounds like a dildo. Of course he went to space in a giant dick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, have you have you seen the videos that come here to, like, what is that? I think it's from Austin Powers. There's a scene of, like, a spaceship taking off looking like a dick. Yes. Yeah. Probably Goldmember. Sure. It's one of them. Yeah. But, yeah. It's been a minute since I've seen. Any of oh, them? Yeah. Yeah, same. It's actually not the first time I've talked about them in a week, though. Interesting. Yeah. It's not a common thing anymore. Right. Yeah. But so Detroit style pizza, back yeah. to that. Yeah. So it's a deep dish rectangular pizza, usually has a red sauce. And traditionally, it's on top of the sauce with the cheese and toppings underneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as popular anymore because I don't see that as much with the no, sauce on top. I think the, the big thing is the cheese has to be like on the edge so it gets that burnt edge. I got that in oh, here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, but they sometimes refer to it as racing stripes of sauce when it's on top. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they use specifically a Wisconsin brick cheese. Yeah. And like you said, you put it all the way to the edge so it caramelizes and adds to that, quote, crispy, crunchy crust. Yes, yes. And the cornmeal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the cornmeal underneath, that's key. That's oh, key. yeah. The dough is double proofed and stretched by hand into the corners of the pans. Mm-hmm. The crust should be about 1.5 inches thick. Uh, that way, it stays chewy on the inside, but crisps up nicely on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, people often mention a buttery flavor to the crust, but um, it's actually not butter. It comes from the oil and the cheese drippings, I guess. That makes sense. Well, and so many places have flavored crust, so I think oh, that's yeah. maybe part of it too. Because like Jets, I never noticed the flavored crust on Jets. The Turbo Crust. I don't know if I've ever had the turbo crust. It's like all the flavors in one. That might be an order. That might be. Mm-hmm. So one of the most defining features of Detroit style pizza is the pan it's cooked in. And it's usually a blue steel pan. Yeah, I'm excited. Yes. Blue yes. steel, not just a look from Zoolander. Uh, it's <laughs> like a type of steel given a black oxide coating that protects it from rusting. And I guess it kind of looks blue because of that coating. Oh, interesting. I yeah. thought they were like black. It's like a blue black. Okay. But uh, it's called Blue Steel. Okay. The original pans were kind of leftovers from automotive suppliers. Because yes. at the time, yep. I've been telling people the right thing. Okay. Yes. Like things that were used as like drip trays or to hold small parts or just straight up scrap metal. We dripped a bunch of oil in this. Would you like to make a pizza in it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it won't stick that way. Uh, and the reason they did this is because the baking pans they wanted at the time weren't available. So they're like, we'll use what we got. Ingenuity. It's the Detroit way. Yeah. Use what you got. Yeah. And if you don't got it, use an auto part. Right. Exactly. Uh, and some of the pans are like 50 to 75 years old at this point, still in use. 
Wow. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's like one of those things too. Like when people find like the pan they're using or whatever, you don't get rid of that pan. No. Like a cast iron skillet. Like you just like fresh it up once in a while and like that's the magic pan. Speaking of cast iron, I still can't find my Dutch oven. I don't know what happened to her, but I need to find her because it's about it's about that time. Yeah. I I love my Dutch oven. To get one. I recommend Bath and Body Works. Or not the other one. (laughs) Bed, bed uh, Bath and Beyond. Okay. Bed Bath and Body Works. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because um, if you get that twenty percent off coupon and just uh, savings. Uh, so let's kind of get to where like the first Detroit style pizza happened. Yes. So the first Detroit style pizza was made in 1946. It was then at what was then called Buddy's Rendezvous. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun name and fitting because it used to be a blind pig slash speakeasy. Okay. It was ran by Gus and Anna Guerra. Guerra? Guerra, probably. Anyway, Gus and Anna. Mm-hmm. Oh, Gus and Anna. And the original location is at Six Mile and Conant Street. So I think it's that's still where Buddies is today. At least the original. Conant? Conant? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And it's similar to Sicilian style pizza. Okay, yeah. But not the same. They are not the same. Mm-hmm. If you learn nothing from this episode, they are not the same. Mm-hmm. Know that. Okay. Um, but there are conflicting origin stories on where the recipe came from. Actually, one claim is it came from owner Anna's mother, who had a recipe for sfincioni, which is a Sicilian style pizza. I, I like the word though. Yeah, sfincioni. Sfincioni. And I made sure to ask Barb how to pronounce that. Oh, good. Because, yes. Shout out to Barb. I don't think she listens, but I'm going to make her to this episode because. Because now her name's in it. Yeah. Another claim is that it came from then employee Connie Canado. Canado. Picanado. 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 So not quite sure. Like those are the two conflicting stories. But so that's kind of where it started. 1946 Buddy's Rendezvous. Do you think that they had like, like a feud for the rest of their lives? Cause they were like, no, I started it. No, I started it. Possibly. Cause that's kind of like, I don't know. It's interesting where it goes from here. Okay. So in 1953, Gus and Anna sold Buddy's Rendezvous oh. and the pizza recipe. Interesting. Yeah. Sometime around then the name was changed to Buddy's Pizza. Unclear if this was before, during or after the sale. Okay. And despite selling buddies, Gus and Anna didn't leave the pizza game. No. So they bought the Cloverleaf Bar in what is now <gasps> East Point, Michigan. Oh, Cloverleaf is good, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the same people who are running buddies. They went there and they started their own That's pizza. So I just drove by there the other day, actually. Really? Yeah. I was going to uh, Mount Clemens to visit somebody. And I took crash it because the freeway was messed up. Yeah. And yeah, I went by Cloverleaf and I was like, oh, man, Cloverleaf is really good. I've never been in there. But I had a friend who used to have it and give me some leftover. Yes. Yes. But yeah, so like Cloverleaf, it's now known for their square pizza, their Detroit style pizza. Mm-hmm. And I wrote they even have the nerve to call it the original Motor City Square, which like, you know, it's not. You created the original at Buddy's and then you sold it. So why are you yeah. trying? Why are you trying it, Gus yeah. and Anna? Yeah. Hmm. But Regrets. Yeah, I don't know, but they're still there's obviously, as you said, Cloverleaf still around today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they might even still be owned by the Guerra family. Okay, Eastside people love Cloverleaf too. Oh yeah, it's it's, well in like uh, Hazel Park. If you're in Hazel Park, it's Louis. I got that too. Okay, okay, good. And they came for buddies too. They did. (gasps) Yeah. So they're not they are I, good. Yeah. So literally I said, not the only ones to bounce from buddies to start making their pizza elsewhere. Former buddies employee Louis Tertois. Toy? Yes. T? Louis T. Louis T. Left buddies to go make pizzas for a restaurant called Shields. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shields is still around today. Yes. Yeah. There's one in Detroit now, too. Yeah. Yeah. So he worked at Shields for a while. He brought his pizza there and then okay. he's like, gotta go by. And then he started his own place called Louis in Hazel Park. Louis is good. Yeah. I have actually gotten carry out from there years ago, but yeah. it was solid. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had it. Um, I asked Jen about it because she lives in Hazel Park. She's like, I've had it before. It's pretty good. Yeah. And in 1978, Detroit News called Louis the King of Pizzas. Wow. That's an esteemed position. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I said, both Shields and Louis still around today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think doing well, pretty well. Yeah. yeah, I think they have all. I think they both have multiple locations now. At least Shields does. I think Louis is just the one, but I don't know. I think so too. Yeah, yeah great. And so some other local chains known for their Detroit style, obviously Jets. We talked about mm-hmm. them. I, like I said, I think we both kind of agree this is the best Detroit style, and they are national chains. They chain. just get that. Cro- I know. Well, they're national, but they're not like everywhere national. Yeah. Yeah, they they're Midwest for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get Jets. And then I wrote, fuck off Pizza Hut. Your Detroit style ain't shit, but we'll get there in a bit. Uh, and there's also Luigi's original in Harrison Township. Okay, I've heard of that. And then there's Green Lantern, too. Oh, I didn't, I didn't find that. They're like Madison Heights, maybe. Okay. Yeah, they're, they've got a Detroit style. Yeah, I, it's been years, but I have had it. It was good. Someday we might have to do a taste test where we just get like a small from every place and just like we we would have to like set aside a day because we could not like back movie to back. marathon slash taste test. Because right. Like we got to we pair engage. each movie with a movie. <laughs> we pair each pizza with a movie. Yeah. I would love that, though. I'm not opposed to it. It sounds like a really good winter activity. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Now we're kind of getting on to its national spread, how it kind of got to the big stage. Okay. Obviously, Detroit style pizza has been popping in the Mitten State since its inception, but how did the rest of the country hear about it? Yeah, we've known. Yeah. How did you all know? So, former Buddy's busboy turned chief brand officer Wesley Pakula said that when he started working at Buddy's in the 80s, he had never heard the term Detroit style pizza before he saw it in a trade magazine. I'm not shocked. I feel like in the past few years is when it really took off. Oh, yeah. No, really, the 2010s were kind of the the key. And I have a reason why. Okay. And it kind of sounds like that was really the only place you'd ever hear the term Detroit style pizza for many years. And Mm -hmm. even then, it was kind of just rare. It's like underground food. Yeah. Detroit style pizza. Everyone's like, what's that? In the late 2000s, some local media were trying to were trying it when they started referring to Referring to it as Sicilian style. Oh, no, 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 no. No, Sicily has enough things. Detroit has this. This is our thing. We made it. It's ours. This is our like one non-auto thing. That's still related to auto, sort of, but. Like tangentially. Yeah. Yes. But like it, that like article kind of gained enough traction that local restaurants were tempted to adapt the term Sicilian style. Oh, no. And this is because, quote, sometimes people have negative thoughts about Detroit. But luckily it didn't stick. The 2010s ushered in a new era for Detroit-style pizza and brought it to the national level. Okay, I'm here for it. Yes. So one of the earliest examples was in 2011 when two brothers moved from Detroit to Austin, Texas to start a Detroit-style pizza place using Detroit style to start kind of set themselves apart. I mean, if you're going to move somewhere, Austin's a pretty good food scene from what I understand. Oh, yeah. I want to go there someday. Not now, because well, not their now. COVID map is red. Oh, I mean, most of them. Them in Florida. That whole part of the, and Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, in 2012, local chef Sean Randazzo snatched the crown at Las Vegas <gasps> International Pizza Expo with a Detroit-style pizza. Is he pizza. related to the fruit, the the supermarket Randazzo? Unknown. Randazzo's. 877 Randazzo. I think that's the AC one, though. Oh, is that it? I don't know. Whatever. I know there's an 877 Randazzo. The Randazzo's are everywhere. They are. They're popping. Mm-hmm. But Sean Randazzo, in particular, was popping in 2012. Because, like I said, the Las Vegas International Pizza Expo. A dream. Right. If I was going to go to Vegas for an expo. That would be the one. I would fit in pretty well. Oh, yeah. Trying all the pizzas. Yeah. So he went to the expo and he's like, let me make this Detroit style pizza. And the entire country was eating it up. Okay. As he said you've that. You've had New York. You've had Deep Dish. You've had Chicago. Try what about Detroit? Detroit? Yeah. Uh, it was said that almost immediately after he won that people were clamoring for a Detroit-style recipe. Mm. And I have a quote from Tony Gemignani. Mm. But first, a quick side journey on him because okay. this guy, Tony. Tony. He was listed in the article as a pizza, 
Nope. Pizza educator. So, of course, I had to figure out what that was. Is that educator? Yes. It turns out he is a master instructor at the International School of Pizza, which he started. So it's like a sommelier, but for pizza? Yes. Okay. Exactly. He started the International School of Pizza. It has 20 locations now. Wow. He's also a 13-time world pizza champion. Hmm. And that's the title you win at the International Pizza Expo for winning the World Pizza Championship. Wow. So Sean Randazzo, World Pizza Champion. Okay. Which So their website, I went to the website for the World Pizza Championship, and they described it as, quote, an Olympic-style competition for pizza yoli. Wow. Not sure why I got the yoli suffix, but it did. It sounds cool. It does. Um, I'm going to have to ask Barb about that one to see what she (laughs) thinks. Because she is the Italian expert on the show. Okay. Yes, please consult our Italian expert. Yes. Italian expert Barb. Mm -hmm. And also, just one last thing about Tony before we kind of move off the side journey. He held the following Guinness World Records. Uh, In 2006, he got the largest pizza base spun in two minutes at 36.5 inches. Impressive. Uh, In 2006, also, he got the most consecutive rolls across the shoulders in 30 seconds. With 37 times. I'm not sure what that means. No, okay. Now that I'm reading I, it out loud. Okay. It's a mystery. Yes. In 2014, he was part of the record for most people tossing pizza dough with 263 people. Making waves. Yes. And lastly, in 2017, the world's longest pizza at 1,930.39 meters. <gasps> meters? Meters. Oh my gosh. I was expecting the word feet out your mouth. But it was meters. They're using that metric system, honey. Let's all use that. But honestly, yeah. So TLDR, he's a BFD in the pizza world. (laughs) I hope he owns a shirt that says that. I hope so. If not, I'm going to make one of the crickets send it to him. Please do. And he'll be like, who is this guy? Why is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll put an eye on it. Okay. But anyway, so here's a quote from him from the original article. After this wide signing, this wide winding side journey of his qualifications. Yes. Wine was a choice for this episode. <laughs> After he won. Okay, wait, here's a quote. Sorry. After he won, I must have had six phone calls from operators, from guys who are big in the industry saying, give me a recipe for Detroit. How do I figure this out? Ooh. So 2012 was a big year for Detroit style pizza. Big pizza year. Big, big pizza year. So how indeed do they get a recipe for Detroit style pizza? Sean Randazzo had an idea. Uh-huh. So he created a training and certification program on how to make authentic Detroit style pizza. It's crazy how many certification programs there are for pizza, which like I'm here for yeah. it because it makes more delicious pizza. When yeah. I'm, I'm yes, please. But it's intense. It's like way more than intense. Than like anybody knows. Right. It's it's a lot. I mean, in the fact that there's a certification program. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is for other styles, though, too. Oh, no, for like, sure. I know, like, uh, Napoleon. N- Napo- N- Napoleonte? Napo- thank you. That one. Not not the small man, but the right. the place of pizza. Because uh, what is it? Um, Pizzaplex. Pizza I know they have, they have the Napoleon, Napoleonic <laughs> certification. Yes. Um, so by 2018, he had trained 36 restaurateurs on the Detroit style. Uh, mostly from the U.S., but also some in South Korea and Thailand. Okay. So we international BB. Nice. So at the time of the expo, he was working at Cloverleaf. And after he won, he decided to open up his own restaurant called Detroit Style Pizza Company. And he co-founded it with his mother, which I think is sweet. Interesting. Wait, is this, it's a restaurant? Yeah, Detroit Style Pizza Company. Where? There's only a handful of locations, but they do sell online where you can buy frozen kits and they'll send it to you. I think Buddy's does the same now, but like, yeah, for sure. This company does. They like sell kits of pizzas. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. He passed away late last year from stage four brain cancer, but cancer's a bitch. It really is. And it's sad to lose a Detroit style pizza pioneer, but the restaurant is still open. And like I said, they do sell frozen kits of their award winning pizza. So you can make the comfort of your own home. Hashtag not spots. If you want to, please let us know. Mm -hmm. 
So just some other cities that now are serving up Detroit-style pizza. Uh, Canberra, Australia started Ooh. serving it in 2019. San Francisco as well in 2019. And Montreal in 2020. Love it. And it's kind of a phenomenon for the pizza world. They're, the pizza world is shook from Detroit-style pizza. I mean, it makes sense, though, because like it's kind of it, the newest kid on the block that was yeah. like under... Like people didn't know about it for like a very long time. Yeah. Again, you got your big hitters. You got your your New York. You got your Chicago. You got your uh, Napoleon. Yeah. Your Sicilian. But you ain't had Detroit style like we got Detroit mm-hmm. style. That burnt cheese. Yes. So I have a quote from Pizza Today, which is a pizza trade journal published in 2018. <laughs> I love that so much. Right. There's so many pizza stuff. I love when a niche is just like we gotta have our own trade that journal dedicated and into it. Like that's like beautiful that there's like enough people. Yes, just so enamored with this. I know. I love it. Here's their quote: Perhaps no pizza style has entered the public consciousness in quite the way that Detroit style pan pizza has. Ah, uh, ah, uh, right. Oh, Esquire magazine said in 2019 that Detroit style pizza is, quote, one of the hottest food trends across America. Uh, We've known about it for decades. We've been known. So pizza stats. I got some pizza stats about how Detroit style pizza is officially national. Yes. So Yelp.com has reported that mentions of Detroit style pizza were up 52 percent this year. Interesting. Yeah. And from 2015 to 2019, the presence of Detroit-style pizza on menus has grown 66%. Interesting. Yeah, so it's on the move. I would love to hear about Detroit-style pizza in other cities. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, both Buddy's and Luigi's Original appeared in G Food, nope, GQ's food critic Alan Richmond's list of top 25 pizzerias in 2009. Okay. And the Detroit Free Press named Cloverleaf the classic restaurant of 2020. Oh, okay. Good for them. Uh, and just a real quick ending with some Pizza Hut. Stay in your lane. <laughs> Apparently they worked on it for a year and went through 500 iterations and it still wasn't right. I didn't even know they ever attempted. I mean, I remember they had the personal pan. I did like their thin and crispy when I was like a kid. Yeah. Because nowhere made thin and crispy, at least around here. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know. Why would they do that? Don't do that. Like I said, stay in your lane. And like, I don't think they have it anymore. But and like there were some positive reviews at a national level. But Deadline Detroit reported there were many, many, many negative reviews from this area. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. The only place you get Pizza Hut's like an airport when it's like the only thing open. Again, the Pizza Hut Express. I'll talk about the Pizza Hut Express. Yeah. So like the ones at Target or like if they're attached to a Taco Bell, those are actually really horribly good like yeah i do enjoy those i, I miss do, like, when their target used to have like a whole little like snack bar i, I think they there. don't have any you did that was my high school job i didn't know that target food avenue i got a dollar more an hour hell yeah i was smart they said oh you want to be hired by us well we have this retail position well you will make this or you can work in the food section you make a dollar more an hour they also close earlier than the store hell yeah i said that one and then there were a bunch of shenanigans because mm. I, I worked with mostly a bunch of teens and um, one kid put an onion in the microwave. Uh, you're not supposed to do that because they spark and Good the to microwave know. exploded open. Another time we tried to catch a bird with some bread because a bird got in the store. <laughs> Another time he took all the Otis Spunkmeyer cookies and made a heart shaped cookie for his girlfriend that did not turn out heart shaped. Oh, no. Probably also weren't supposed to use it. Another time I burned myself really badly cleaning the grill. Oh, no. These, like, scrubber pads it was like a flat top grill. Yeah. And it was like, you know, Brillo pads. And I accidentally flipped it up onto my arm. Ooh. And I got like one of those blisters. It's like two inches by like three uh. inches. Just like huge, huge blister. Uh, it was great. <laughs> it was so good working at Target Food Avenue. Uh, I'm sure it's very different today. Yeah, they're gone. Well, yeah, yeah. They yeah, because they're all <laughs> Starbucks now. Well, they're Starbucks or sometimes they do have the Pizza Hut ones. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. The Warren one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the DeQuinder. 
Yeah. That's a really solid Target, by the way. I do like that one. Yeah. I have to drive to go to Target no matter what. And honestly, that's the one I usually will go to unless I'm like in another direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do miss the Canton Target. Canton had a nice Target. I don't know if I've been to that. I've been to a lot of Targets, to be honest, but I don't know if I've been to that one. Target tourist. Yeah. Well, it's the only Target I've ever been on the roof of. Oh. My dad did the roof of that one at one oh, point. Okay, and so okay. we w- got to go up there, but I was too afraid to really go anywhere. But I was up on the roof of Target. So I was <laughs> young, too. Aw, that's fun, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that pretty much wraps Detroit-style pizza. Like I said, if you're living... So- like, if you're out there and you're living somewhere that's not Detroit, one, I'm sorry, and two... If you want to try sell pizza, do not get the Pizza Hut one. They sell frozen kits mm-hmm. or just come visit. Yeah, come visit. That's the better option. You're going to get way better pizza for sure. You go way better pizza. And you can check out all the cool stuff we also talked about on the show. Yeah. So. Yeah. We got some spookies. We got some ookies. We got some great stuff. We got some food. Yes. All of it. Mm-hmm. Real quick, my sources. Yeah. Uh, the Cloverleaf Restaurant website, Shields Pizza website, Louis Pizza Facebook page, eater.com. Buddy's website, Detroit Style Pizza Company website, and Wikipedia. That might be the greatest list of sources right. the show has ever had. Yeah. I adore that. And thank yeah. you. No problem. Like I said, we were like, it came up multiple times, probably because I brought it up multiple times <laughs> on my trip to New Mexico. And so I was just like, I have to know my shit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I figured it'd be a good episode. And we're getting pizza, so like... I'm fine with all of these things. Yes. <laughs> I approve. She approves of the pizza. I do, I do. No, and that was fun. Uh, again, I looked it up and just like, uh, like, where did it come from? And I like knowing more. Right, and I, like, it's interesting because everyone's like, buddies, 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 buddies. But in real mm-hmm. al- reality, like... The buddies, the original buddies, at least the people who owned it and started the Detroit Style Pizza, were only there for like, oh, nine, seven years. They were okay, only there for yeah. like seven years. And then they moved on. And so like, what's really the true Detroit style? Because like, buddies was first, but then Cloverleaf was done by the same people. So it's like, that's kind of why I'm like, you just get whatever you want. And it doesn't have to be classic, original, well, whatever. Just don't get the pizza. That's the bottom line of this episode. Yeah. Don't get the pizza. But... Detroit style all the way. I'm yes. excited for Jets. Me too. In the meantime, while we're waiting though, would you like to play a game? I would love to. Okay. Um, so I have three facts about pizza. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did have actually a pizza two truths. I have no idea what one, like <laughs> from like a million years ago that I worked on and then just like forgot to use. <laughs> but <laughs> this one is actually about eels. Eels. Okay. Yes. So Are you ready for your eel facts? Yes. Number one, it used to be common practice to keep an eel in the family while in Sweden. Okay. Number two, all eels are born male and will only change sex to become the dominant female. And number three, every American and European eel is born in the same place within the Atlantic Ocean. Ooh. Uh, I'm going with number three is a lie. Number three is actually true, and this is one of my favorite things on Earth. This is what led me down the eel hole. So this actually came from a TikTok person called Cole the Science Dude. He's fun. He looks like Seth Rogen. He's not, but he tells yeah. sciencey things. And then also a TED Talk by Lucy Cook. Okay. And it starts with actually, nobody actually knows how they mate in the actual wild. They know that the life of freshwater eel begins in salty water in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So during cyclone season, thousands of small, about three millimeter eel larvae, larvae, come out of the Sargasso Sea. They then follow migration path to North America and Europe. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. And then over the next 300 days, anguilla larvae, ride the ocean current about 600 or 6,500 kilometers to the coast of Europe. At this point, they are about 45 millimeters. So they've grown, their form can start to be seen as like small little semi-transparent, like glass almost. Yeah. And when they reach the coast, their kidneys actually morph to retain salt and keep their body salinity levels normal because they came out of saltwater 
Yeah. Yeah. They then migrate upstreams in rivers in large groups. That's how they get to the freshwater. And they also change into opaque elvers. And once they arrive at the proper hunting grounds, they eat everything they can fit in their mouths, growing in proportion to how much they eat. Damn. And over the next 10 years, they develop into larger actual eels, about whatever that eel is. Yeah. And that's when they also develop their reproductive organs. Okay. Uh, no one's ever observed them in the wild or even found a single egg. Some people think they reproduce with external fertilization, which sounds pretty gross and messy. Yeah. Uh, with basically clouds of eggs and sperm. Yeah. And But Sebastian Nikita's politics, a researcher at the National Institute of Aquatic Resources in Denmark, led a study of eels in captivity to see how they breed. Basically, they get really close and poof the things out together. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All European-American eels come from the same place in the Bermuda Triangle. Rotted, gutted, nasty Gila monsters. Isn't that weird, though? It is. Oh, that's so weird. Okay, so what's left is the change from male to female to become the dominant. Yes. And the first one is the people in Sweden. They keep them in wells. Yes. The families used to at one point. Yes. Number one's the lie. Number one is also true. Damn it. So generally, eels live between 70 and 85 years, depending on the species, but the oldest on record was 155. In 1859, an eight-year-old boy named Samuel Nilsson threw an eel down a well, as this was common practice in the Swedish homes. Uh-huh. And basically, families thought that an eel kept pests away. It kept their water clean. And the eel was pretty okay because they were safe and ate pretty well. And this particular property was bought in 1962 by its current Current owners, the Kjellman family, and they knew the eel was in the well and they named it Ale. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but Mm. Ale. And when they moved, Ale was about 100 years old and another 55 years he passed. So number two has got to be the lie. Yes. So all eels are born male and change sex to become dominant female. That's actually the clownfish. Damn. Yeah. I do have a a a few small fun facts. Yes. Um, there are over 800 species of freshwater eel, or just eel. Eels can, can swim backwards and forwards. Some eels can climb up waterfalls and dams, like man-made dams. No. Yep. The juvenile longest eel can scale 65-foot waterfalls and dams. Nope. Yep. Please just no. Straight up. Uh, the snowflake moray eels are able to get themselves partially on lab, land to grab prey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Electric eels actually aren't eels. Really? Terrible name. Uh, actual eels are members of the ang- angula forms. And the electric variety are actually gymnotiforms. Sure. Which are more related to a catfish than an eel. That makes sense. Yeah. So, because they're all fish. Yeah. Yeah. Moray eels have the most terrifying jaws known to fucking man. They have a second set of pharyngeal jaws inside their throats with more teeth. So basically, no. they got their little jaw and it's like okay at grabbing things, but it doesn't have like a lot of pressure, like grab fully down. So then they have a second jaw on their throat to like come forward and like help with it. No. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. The heaviest species of eels weighed around 200 pounds called the conger eel got a story jimmy griffin a diver was attacked by a six and a half foot conger eel near ireland in 2013 he was about 82 feet down in the water and the eel took a bite out of his face Ah. causing him to get 20 uh 20 stitches and plastic surgery no not the only case either eels yep they're fucking terrifying no My sources are allocation.com, Mental Floss, that TED Talk that I mentioned, that TikTok that I mentioned, and an article called The Poetic Life of the Lowly Eel by Sylvia Killingsworth from April 23, 2015 in The New Yorker. Poetic my ass. <laughs> How dare they? They're so terrifying, too. And they're, like, one of the older creatures, like, mm-hmm. on the planet as far as, like... Yeah, because they're just, like, a fucking worm. They've got limbs. They no. Got shit. But they got those eyes and then, yeah. like... Those little, like, grandpa mouths. Yeah. They're terrifying, but also, like, what? What are you? Yeah. What are you? No. I don't 
would argue. I'd rather not. But I do love that, like, nobody's ever, like, figured out how they actually mate in the wild. And the, the best guess they have is, like, from seeing them in, like... A tank. A tank or whatever, which it's probably similar, but, like... I love that they mate in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> right. So nobody can find them. All the boats go down. All the boats go down and like, I all guess. All the boats like, go down, honey. All the eels. <laughs> the, they go down. The currents are so bad. That's why they can't really observe. And the ocean's so fucking big. Like, you can't observe all of the ocean. Yeah, the ocean's huge. Yeah. I mean, we know like 10% of the ocean, basically. If that even, I don't even know what the percentage is, but I know it's really small. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it about eels. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty more. If you got a weird eel fact, let us know. Yeah. I'm here for it. Those were my favorites. Because that's eel, eel, eel. Also, the band The Eels, really big fan. Never heard of them. They're one of my favorite. Just, I know most of the catalog. And there was a new album, like I think last year. I don't know actually yet, but I've seen them in concert six times. Love that. Um, Love yeah. the band. And actually, eels, you do. Like have you seen the movie Shrek? I have. You know the band. I'm eels. not shot. I've seen the Eels. Uh, I've seen Shrek. Monster and me go everywhere together. Yeah. Yeah, that's the Eels. Okay. Good. Oh, but anyway. I think that wraps us. I think we are wrapped like a closed box of pizza. Yes. On wrapped its way like to us an now. eel roll. Oh, delicious. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, eel sauce. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But if you want to follow us on our social medias, at Detroit Str- is it media or medium? I don't know. I think media is. Plural. Media is plural. I think media is plural. Because mediums would be like the art in which we work, and social media is like the plural. platforms. Yeah. If you want to follow us on social media, at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and our email address, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. It sure is. And if you want to support the show, we always appreciate a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Seriously, thank you, everybody who has. And also, we have got our Patreon. Thank you to our Patreons. We love you and adore you. And, uh, you know, just telling people, tell whoever, tell your friend. Tell your, your friend, tell your family. Grab a slice of pizza, tell somebody. Yes. All the things. Do yourself a favor. Get yourself some Detroit-style pizza after listening to this episode. You've earned it. And send us a pic. Yes. We would love a pizza Tell pic. us your favorite Detroit-style pizza. Yeah. If it's Pizza Hut, I'm don't. sorry. Oh. <laughs> I mean, don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, until next time. Stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Detroit duo Sex and Violence. Detroit Strange. Truly, we are blessed with this, Jets. It looks so good. I love Jets. It's been so long.